The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board With Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You could think of us as the Hideo Kojima and Jeff Keighley of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who I would gladly dedicate 30 minutes of my two-hour show to for anything he wants to talk about. Josh, how are you doing? I am terrible. How are you? <laughs> oh, you're terrible? That oh, doesn't yeah. sound good at all. Well, that sounds the exact opposite of good. I'm happy to be here. but uh, Well, that's good. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm terrible. But it's okay. Because we all have terrible times. <laughs> well, hopefully talking about games for the next 90 minutes or so will help make things a little less terrible. Yeah, and you didn't compare me to Jeff Keighley, so it's getting better already. <laughs> so, I have to ask, Josh, we're going to talk about a couple game things at the top here before we jump in. So, we're going to go off the rails, but not off the rails like we typically do. Number one, did you see all of the Death Stranding stuff at Gamescom? I don't know if I saw all of it. I'm not sure. I didn't watch the live thing, so I saw some stuff. Um, from like Gamescom footage, but I'm not sure if it was all of what they showed. Did you see the gameplay <sighs> reveal that they did? I saw some gameplay, and then I saw some CG stuff. So I saw a little bit of both things. I just don't know what I... If you're asking about the P thing, yeah, I saw that. Okay, so Josh, <laughs> here's what I really want to know. You are a big Kojima fan. Mm-hmm. You think he is brilliant? Yes. Uh, that's our, Yeah. Yeah. So. Am I biased in blatant <laughs> opinion? <laughs> I just, I just really wonder when he decided, because obviously they knew they were going to show gameplay. They knew they were going to be, okay, we're going to show a big chunk of gameplay straight through for kind of the first time. We've seen gameplay in other trailers a little bit, but that's how he decides to start it. Sure. Get the weird stuff out of the way. <laughs> Does that mean that's the weirdest thing in this game? No way. There's people walking around with babies. I know. <laughs> that's oh not my the gosh. weirdest thing. This game, I don't know what this thing is going to be. Yeah, nobody does. That's what's Do you think he knows? crazy about it. Yeah. Do you think he... Are you sure? Like, are you positive he knows? Yeah. I mean, he has a track record that proves that even though what he does is weird... At least he knows what he's doing. We might not know what he's doing. <laughs> but there's definitely a coherent story in Metal Gear. You just... Sometimes you have to look through the pee, <laughs> so to speak. Well, and then it, I thought it was super interesting because he talked about after the person, Norman Reedus' character, urinates, 
a, a magical mushroom grows there. But luckily, in the video, he walks by it. Like, he didn't eat it or pick it Right, up. he just walked by. <laughs> but then Kojima talked about later that if lots of people were to do that in the same place, something really good would happen. <laughs> yeah, that's very weird. So now I'm really wondering how the multiplayer or the online functionality of this game works. Am I going to randomly come across mushrooms that have grown in the world because other people urinated there similar to like the signposts or the little posts you can leave in the like the souls games yeah how you can leave like the little messages is this going to be the way you can leave messages like for people that hey here's this mushroom so somebody was here maybe you should add to the the mushroom farm if you would i don't have the science to prove it but i'm sure that he did some research and found out that that is like a scientific fact that urine grows mushrooms. It probably is. So and I will. I, just a weird quirk that he put into his game. And I will say, everything I watched from Gamescom about Death Stranding has me even more fascinated about what in the world this game is. Yeah. It It's super weird, and it made me way more interested in what this game possibly could be. I have no idea if it's going to be any good. Just I have don't no forget, clue. Don't forget, Kojima, that he, he never shows you what the game is. That's true. If you look at every Metal Gear reveal, he shows you stuff, and then the game is nothing like what you've been shown. Or, like, it has some things to do with what you've been shown, but, like, the like every Metal Gear trailer has been crazy weird. Mm-hmm. It never truly represents what the game is like. Well, and then I just think it's funny, too, having Jeff Keighley in there, almost seeing, seeming like the obsessed fan of Norman Reedus. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I just thought that was that was very that was kind of funny to me. Uh, two other real quick things before we jump into the full show, since this isn't a news week. Uh, so some sad news came down that uh, GameStop, unsurprisingly, we heard about them laying off some mid-level folks not that long ago. Came down, they laid off a whole bunch of people from their corporate headquarters. That included some staff at Game Informer, which is near and dear to my heart because it is located in the Twin Cities, just north of me. It's kind of that one odd bastion of gaming journalism that's not on the coast. So I've always really appreciated the work that they do. So really sad to hear they lost seven of their writing, their editorial staff, which is really, you know, I think they had maybe 19 total. Um, so that's, you know, a third, over a third, really, of their staff that, that got let go. Uh, are you a Game Informer fan at all? What was your thoughts when you heard this news? Do you think that Game Informer in a year is going to exist anymore? I don't even know that they have a year. I think if you look at GameStop's projections for their business, like we saw GameStop was in trouble a few months ago. And unfortunately, like maybe Game Informer can find a different publisher or someone else that can put their magazine out. But really, they're just kind of a, a unfortunate like side effect to GameStop. Essentially potentially going out of business. We don't really know what's going to happen with them. Um, but I was surprised that they decided to lay off people from Game Informer. I know, I know right. they, they laid off like 100 people from corporate, yep. um, <clears throat> which is also weird that they didn't start with their retail stores. Uh, so it's just an interesting decision. They must have a lot of people making a lot of money in that yeah. area. Um, but yeah, it stinks when anyone gets laid off and and uh yeah i i enjoyed my game informer like i'm a, i'm a, well i was a 
an elite GameStop member until they eliminated the elite part. <laughs> um, so I still get my Game Informer magazines, and and it's very well written. Yeah, um, I enjoy it. Um, yeah, it's too bad. Yeah, I I think for me, you know, we it always feels a little icky to like come on a show like this after people's lives have been turned upside down and talk about oh it's too bad i really hope they land on their feet like it, we're sincere we're sincere i know and it. i i genuinely do hope that you know because some of the people who were let go are not really all of them but a few in particular I, I really enjoy their writing and i think one of the things i appreciate so much about game informer compared to a lot of the other outlets out there is their cover stories are really long in-depth, nitty-gritty, deep dives into games that you just don't see very often on game sites anymore. Reviews are getting shorter these days. All of the previews are short. Any news story is we just want to get the clicks to get people to be able to read through stuff as fast as they can, click on the next thing and move on and move on. And very rarely do you see those deep, in-depth pieces anymore. And every single month, Game Informer came out with a really deep, involved piece. Even if it was a game I didn't really care about that much or wasn't super interested in, I always read it because it was so cool to see these really in-depth, well-thought-out pieces being published monthly. So um, hopefully they'll continue to do it. They released a statement today saying that Game Informer continues on, um, but we'll see. I can't imagine having, you know, losing over a third of your staff that you're going to be able to do the same things that you did, you know, a week ago, a day, two days ago, really, from the time we record this. So, yeah. Final thing I want to get your feedback on and brief thoughts. So, uh, PlayStation bought Insomniac, eh? <laughs> yeah, no kidding, huh? <laughs> I think I think one of the funnier headlines I saw was Insomniac employees shocked to learn they were not already owned by PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think most most uh, non Sony fans are also surprised that Sony didn't already own them. Um. I think we. I, I really think we talked about this previously that this would be the studio they did acquire if yeah. they were to acquire a studio. Yep. But we didn't. I don't think that we thought it was something they were looking to do. But I mean, it's a smart, another smart move by Sony. Yeah, like, it was a good. Yeah, it is a good move by them for sure. And yes, they obviously were closely aligned and affiliated. Um, but that you know they are a studio who makes good games, and it's always nice to get a. Studio makes good games as part of your stable. I did think that this might not happen now just because Spider-Man has sold so many copies. I have to imagine the price of that studio and purchasing them was very different than it was maybe a little over a year ago. Yeah. You know, Spider-Man, they announced he was sold over 13 million copies. So I think the price of their studio went up a bit. So Sony can afford it. They, well. They can't afford them to, to go with Microsoft. Yeah, that's so, very true. That's it's a good, you know. I think that constant like possibility, that constant looming possibility that Insomniac could eventually develop a game for X, like for Microsoft. It's probably Again. really, yeah, which is probably what really pushed them to to pull that trigger. Yeah, so obviously Sunset Overdrive. Yes. Well, <laughs> hey, a we'll lot of people what... like that game. No, I I I played it. and I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. So I I enjoyed Sunset for sure. But PlayStation we'll Five just, exclusive. <laughs> Sunset Overdrive Two. So yeah, but we'll see what happens. Obviously, rumors on the street from insiders are this is not the last announcement from Sony regarding studio purchases. So we'll have to see. Um, obviously, Microsoft has been making big moves in this area as well. So I think it's 
both good to see that neither of the company is resting on their laurels and they're investing money into creating and purchasing and, and really building up their first party stable. But it's also there's that little bit of disappointment in the sense of more and more it's becoming necessary to have all of the consoles. Yes. So we'll see how that all works, or at least PC and PlayStation and Nintendo. So just because everything Xbox is on PC. So. Right. All right. Well, hey, that was our, a little longer than our usual intro of random things. So let's jump on to the housekeeping. Obviously, everyone, like we've talked about for many weeks, Metafall is going on now. For all the rules and to enter, head over to bit.ly slash Metafall. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash Metafall. And just enter your predictions for the Metacritic score for some of the hottest games releasing this fall. The list of 10 games is on the site, and whoever guesses closest will win some great prizes. Enter, tell your friends to enter. We are really looking forward to it. This is one of our favorite contests we do, so we'd love for you to participate. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at BoardWithVG on Twitter, or check out all the awesome stuff posted over on the Instagram, also BoardWithVG. And we're a proud part of the Play Some Video Games podcast network. And PSVG is on Patreon. We're absolutely thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far. And if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen to us and maybe share what we do with someone else who may enjoy it as well. And finally, we are also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower podcast, as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So enough with all the housekeeping and pre-things, Josh. What have you been playing on your tabletop, sir? Well, we were very close to playing Horrified, uh, but my wife quickly swooped in and vetoed it, uh, unfortunately. So that will have to wait for another episode. Um we did play board games, though. We played uh, two games that I have talked about before, though. Uh, we played Meeple Circus. Again, we introduced our our actual gamer friends to Meeple Circus. Uh, there is a video somewhere of my friend uh, failing in the last act, which I will have to try to upload. And uh, it was good. It was a good time. I, I, I still enjoyed it just as much the second time. Nice, fun, easy-to-learn dexterity game. Um and then we also played uh, from Z-Man Games Noctilica this time. This is the first time we played this four players. I still stand by my uh, original thought where it should really be renamed Analysis Paralysis the board game because <laughs> it takes everyone so long to take their turns. Uh, if you saw the pictures, it definitely catches the eye. Um, it is like a circular, semi-circular board where the inner ring has four dice and the outer ring has five dice in each uh, in each little quadrant and what you're doing is you're picking a straight line to go and what you're, you're trying to fill jars similar to like a potion explosion uh, potion uh, with colored dice <clears throat> but what you do is you say a number and you take all the numbered dice in that line. Uh, all the dice are pre-rolled before you put them on the board so they might be like if you say five, there could be two green fives, a purple five, a yellow five, uh, etc. Different combinations, and then you're trying to fill your um, your bags or jars of jellyfish or whatever you're collecting in the game. Um, so 
<laughs> my wife is a good example. I think it took her like eight minutes to make her first move on her turn. Okay. And I was qu- quietly and then not so quietly losing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but our friends were very patient. And, you know, they, we each had our own little moments because you can't really <clears throat> pre pick your move. So, when, right. by the time it's your turn again, three other people have gone and they have removed anywhere from three to 15 dice off the board. So you don't really know what's going to happen. Another easy recommendation, uh, very good looking. Uh, I don't think it was too expensive. Um, Like I said, a great table presence and it's, it's fun. So easy, super easy to learn. You can teach this game in five minutes. So those are my two games. Easy to play, easy to learn and fun. I do. I will say the one thing that is always a downfall when it comes to me playing board games, and I think this is why I lose so often. Uh, I don't do very well with my turns taking very long. I don't want people to be waiting for me. Yeah. So I often plan my turns out as best I can, and then if something happens to change them, I just do the first thing that comes to my mind that seems reasonable. <laughs> so okay. it it probably is definitely not the best decision, but I feel when I make it, I'm like, okay. That doesn't seem totally dumb, so let's do that one. That seems good, and I think that's why I lose games a lot, because I don't like being the person who takes a lot of time or has a significant analysis paralysis, but it also doesn't bother me when someone else takes their time. Yeah. So I'm not pushing others to get their turns done. I just don't want to be the person everyone's waiting for. So, yeah, I think that's why I I had that that discovery the other day when playing a game with my wife that, amazingly, I lost. I know, imagine that. Uh, yeah, I just kind of move along. I'm, let's do this. How about this? Let's do this thing now. All right. Well, I only played one game that I want to talk about today, Josh. And this is a game that I was inspired to go play based off of a documentary I talked about recently. Mm-hmm. And that game is the game Go. Have you ever actually played Go before? No. So I had never played it either. But... Go, the very ancient game of played on a 19 by 19 grid where you take turns, you and the other player, placing a stone down where those grids intersect and you're trying to capture space basically on the board. And that's the game. And once people pass and the game is over and I had seen this game a lot. My partner's a big fan of the game of chess and I'm not a huge chess fan, but I thought maybe I could learn Go and this could be the game that we would play together on occasions or on rainy days with a cup of coffee, sit down, play some Go. So I downloaded an app that teaches you how to play it and it has some scenarios for you to work through and then has an AI for you to play again so you can get an understanding of the game and it talks about some of the big strategies and the regular things that happen and how you want to do them and how you approach them. And then it gives you basically all these little logic puzzles to figure out of here's how the board's set up, you're this color, How do you not lose, basically, or how do you win, depending on the situation? So I was working through all those, and I was like, okay, I'm getting this. I'm understanding this. And on your phone, it was 144 pages of instructions. And this is fun for you? Well, but this was just for (laughs) – this was including all of the scenarios to help you get an understanding of how the game works and how you take control of areas and all of these things. Because the actual instructions were a page. It was, here's what you do. You put the piece (laughs) down. But then if you want to get more in-depth and understand how this works, it has, like I said, it was another 140 pages of examples and things to walk through, terms that are used in the game to help you understand them. 
then it puts you in on a smaller board, only a nine by nine board instead of a nineteen by nineteen, and it gives you what it like. It gives you an AI opponent, and in the first game, the AI opponent scored whatever the maximum score you can get is against. <laughs> because everything I had just learned, I couldn't do because you're trying to. I figured out very quickly that when you're playing this game, you see a situation that is on the board and you say, okay, I remember going through this and understanding of having two eyes or whatever it might be in order to make it so I don't lose or all my pieces don't get captured or whatever it is. So you see that and then you focus on fixing that. But then you forget about the fact that there's this whole other board where other things are happening on that you got to pay attention to as well. And then you hit a situation where you identify, hey, here's the situation that I need to take care of, and here's the situation that I need to take care of in two different places. There are two different things. I don't know which one's more important. Which one is going to get me into trouble sooner? I'm not totally certain because I've never played this game before. Josh, I'm so bad. <laughs> I am so bad at this game. I don't even... The, I have the the AI on the easiest AI, and it is still beating me. It gives me a head start. It gives me multiple pieces <laughs> in play that are already mine, that are already taking control places, and I still can't win. I feel so bad about myself, Josh. <laughs> well, I don't know what to say to you because I have no context for your suffering. <laughs> so it's just one of, maybe you're missing something, or maybe clearly, the game is very hard. <laughs> I am clearly missing something. I, I want to travel to a country that has Go being one of their most important games. Like, go to South Korea. Like, Go is huge in South Korea and China. Go there and sit down and have a five-year-old sit across from me and teach me how to play Go, because I don't understand. I... I I you gotta learn the language before you go there, though, so you have more work to do. That's true. I probably <laughs> learn some Mandarin. Here we go. But I don't like. It's one of those things that I understand what I'm supposed to do. I just have no idea how I'm supposed to do it. And part of me is very humbled by the fact that I am so horrible at this game that I do want to continue to play and get better at it because I think being humbled in life is a good thing. I think it is important for us to put ourselves out there because we always hear about these do the best you can and if you can't do it worth well it's not worth doing and i don't think that's true i think putting forth my best effort and learning and growing is super important and i, I think a lot of people don't do something because they're afraid they're going to be bad at it mm -hmm. and i'm not a fan of that and i'm really bad at this but i want to get better so i've committed that every day i play go for at least 20 minutes yeah and I'm going to continue to try to get better at this game so that I can hopefully in a week or a month or a year come back and say, hey, I beat the AI on medium difficulty or whatever it might be. Because I just, I don't know, I just really want to be good at this for some reason, or at least not bad. I at least want to not be not bad at it. That is the goal. Well, since, since your wife beats you in every game you play, have you asked your wife to teach you how to play Go? Okay. Wow. That is an excellent suggestion. Maybe I'll have her learn Go and then have her teach it to me so that I go. can be better at it. So that could be I the key. Be I just, <laughs> part of me thinks, wonders if this is like, so obviously everyone knows I watch a lot of Overwatch and one of my favorite coaches in Overwatch, 
always talks about, or not my coaches, but he's a coach of Overwatch players. <laughs> not my Overwatch coach, because he would not coach me because I'm too bad. But he always talks about how everyone is actually bad at this game. No matter how highly ranked they are, no matter whatever, everyone is actually bad at this game. Because it's a game of six-on-six six teamwork that the way you win is not by usually doing the right thing. It's by being the person to do, who does the least wrong things. Like, that's how you win. So, which is maybe why I like Overwatch so much. That's one know. way to look at it, I guess, right? So, yeah. But anyway, so I played Go. I'm going to continue to play Go. So I will probably have a very short Go update regularly. But I will say, dear listener, if you have any interest in a strategy game or really in stressing your brain, which I know we very rarely want to do, but it's not about an important topic in life right now is just really trying to, you know, build them synapses so we can hopefully remember things better. I really encourage you to check it out. I had a good time when I was losing because I just really wanted to know why I was losing all the time. (laughs) So check out Go. I think it's a good time. Uh, But that is the big thing that I've been playing on the board game front, though, depending on if guest stuff works out next week, I'll be talking about some other board games there as well. Nice. All right, sir. On to the video games. What have you been playing on your television, sir? Just been playing one game, and I want to make sure that I fit something like this in every episode that we do now. I've been playing Apex Legends. That is nice. I like. I do like when you do that. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, <laughs> Apex Legends. Uh, really, I've just been playing solo mode uh, since it dropped last week. Um, How many wins do you have? None. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm keep striving to That's get good. better. <laughs> good, good. Apex Legends solo mode is like your go. Yes, it is. Uh, the best I've done is eighth. Um, I, I, you know, I've had some many top fifteen finishes, but eighth is the the best I've gotten. So yeah, I keep trying to get better. Uh, I think my problem is I started paying attention to the daily challenges and stuff now, so it's like at two pistol kills, so today I just mm. like, was like, I gotta get those two pistol kills. Like, I'm terrible at pistols, but I gotta get these kills, so like, that's what I did, and I got those, and then I stopped. And, uh, yeah, I'm just really enjoying it. Um, I, f- I feel free. Like, I'm not responsible for another team. I don't like to be... Whether I'm good or bad, I always assume I'm bad when I'm on a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure that affects how I play. But I don't like that weight on my shoulder. And then, like, if I'm still alive and my two teammates are dead, I'm like, oh, they're both watching me. And, oh, they just watched me do that stupid thing. And, oh, man. You know, so I get I get all up in my head. Um, so when it's just me, I can really just kind of go different places on the map Try different guns, try different techniques, die, jump right back in, no worries, you know, no issues. So um, I'm really enjoying the solo. I hope they decide to keep it around after this. I think it ends this weekend. Mm. Um, But I I would really like them to keep it around uh, because I keep playing it and it's continuously fun. And I'm learning new things and I'm getting better. So... Have you run into any of the issues that people were talking about with folks teaming up in solo mode? I haven't seen. Well, for, there's two issues I've heard. One was people weren't were having issues connecting. I didn't mm-hmm. experience that ever. Not once did I experience any connection issues. 
Um, I didn't really run into too many people teaming up, and I don't know that I could confirm that it even happened at all, but there was there was a match that there were two people that were a lot closer than they should have been with no gunfire being exchanged. Uh, so I suspected they might have been uh, teamed up. Um, mm-hmm. I, kill, I killed them both, so I wasn't that mad. But um, <laughs> yeah, every once in a while, you'll kill someone and someone will kind of just be there. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, it really depends on what's going on in the map. I don't pay attention to supply drops, so there could have been one in the area. There could have been a dragon flying out of the box above me. Uh, what I do like is, like, the maps feel more interesting to me. And, like, mm-hmm. I'll be, like, across the map and see two people, like, firing at each other on a bridge, and it's awesome. Because I know that it's just two people, and I can decide to go after them or to keep on moving. Right, and, and I'm not worried about when I kill someone, where are the other two people? If there were two people, so it's a little bit more frame. But I haven't seen the the team up thing, um, definitively. And if if, right. if if at all, it was not much. So there was some hubbub, and maybe this got fixed that people who typically played together were able to get into solos games and then would team up once they got there. That basically you could form a party essentially and then search for solos games and all get into the same game. Oh, okay. So I think that's one thing, but that you shouldn't do. However, if you and I randomly don't know each other, drop into a game that is solos and wave at each other or do whatever and don't kill each other and go through the game as a team, do you think that is quote-unquote against the rules? Should those players be reported? What are your thoughts on when players randomly just choose to do that? Not teams purposely specifically doing it, but people who randomly run into each other and someone says, hey, we should work together. And the other person's like, okay, let's do it. And then they do. I think that's cool. Good for them. You can never trust that person. So you have, right. to, have, you have to be very trusting. Um, it makes me think of Dark Zone from Division 1. Like... Mm-hmm. You randomly your teammate can just decide to kill you and take the loot. Like, I think that's a risk you take. And if you want to try to team up with people in a game that typically doesn't use voice chat, right, 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 <laughs> have a blast. Um, I don't even mind so much the people who are in uh, who are partying up like that because some one person has to win, and eventually that <laughs> if it's a friendship, they might have an issue. <laughs> right, that's uh, very true. But like you know. Um, that's you run that risk anyways. Go like everyone goes to the same area in some spots. There's a risk that 15 people could drop in the same spot. It shouldn't matter if they're on the same team or not, because everyone's trying to kill everybody. So right, if you're good, you stand a better chance. If you're not, well, it stinks. Maybe two people were shooting at you, but eventually they're gonna have to shoot at each other. So gotcha. it, doesn't, it doesn't bug me. Gotcha. Yeah, it doesn't bug me either. I just I know some people are very vehemently opposed to folks doing that and i just if it if it hand happens organically i think that's just part of the game that's just yeah. kind of the way it goes so yep. all right so for me for on the television screen a few things that i've been playing i'm going to start with i threw uh ea access now on playstation mm-hmm. after i finished my ufc career and and got the became the goat nice. i moved on and tried battlefield 5 Cool. And I started playing the story mode slash campaign mode. You know, we own that, right? 
I know we own it. I okay. Did. Yeah. <laughs> trophies. It's it literally sure just trophies. <laughs> it's just trophies. That's the only reason I played it on PlayStation. Uh, I didn't. I didn't really. I. I. It was. I wasn't feeling it. And I don't think it's because it was a bad game. I just don't think it was the right. The right game for right now. It was just. I was not feeling playing the game. And I don't know exactly why. It looked really nice. It played like it always does, just fine. It just wasn't what I was looking for. So I played the first little campaign mission that they have. I played that through to completion, the little um, story. And then I called it good. And I said, I'm okay with it for now. I did leave it installed on my hard drive because I would like to potentially play more. But nothing against the game. Just wasn't quite what I was feeling right now. So I moved on from Battlefield Five. And was trying to decide what to play and looking around. And then I saw Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Still on my hard drive from when it was purchased almost a year ago. Still sitting there. Still looking at me. I never deleted it. Always been there. I said, okay. So I wasn't really feeling guns and stuff in a military setting. But what about going back to Greece? That could be cool, right? Josh, it was amazing. (laughs) <laughs> the game is so good. I When I got in, I looked at my save file was only 15 hours. I was pretty surprised that I only played 15 hours of it. Uh, I've doubled that at this point. I'm now up to about 30 hours. And it took me about 30 minutes or so to get back into um, playing the game and the controls and all that stuff. The one thing, though, that I can't remember how to do is every once in a while you can carry people in the game. You can throw them up over your shoulder. Sometimes you can put them on your horse and stuff. I don't know how to put people down. <laughs> so I just hit the dodge button and then I drop them. <laughs> that's the only thing I, I'm sure there's probably a way I can nicely set them on the ground, but I don't know what that is right now. So that's the only thing I can't remember how to do. And I could look it up, I'm sure. But I feel like just dodging and having them fall is kind of funny. So that's what I do. But this game is a lot of fun. And it, there's definitely... I'm kind of just going wherever the story takes me and not necessarily the story as far as what the, you know, golden path gets through all of the campaign is, but just kind of whatever I'm feeling to do, that's just what I go do. I ran around an island that I was um, taking my ship by. It was the same level as I was, so I just got off my ship and ran all over the island and did all the stuff on it. There was no campaign things there. There was nothing that said I had to go there. I just was kind of doing what I wanted to. And this game is really, really good for that. It is quite beautiful. The controls are still excellent. I think the one thing I do like about this that I think it would be hard to go back to AC3, for example, which we have as part of the season pass that I never even downloaded, but we have. I think with the change in combats and how much smoother the climbing is, it would be really hard to go back to one of those old games. Not because old game is old, just they've refined the formula so much that I think it'd be very challenging to go back with fighting on the face buttons as opposed to the shoulder buttons and things like that. So I'm really enjoying Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I think it will be the game I am playing for the rest of the fall in between other things that come out. So I'm still debating like with control if that's going to be a game I play or not. But when I'm not playing any of those hot new titles, I think this is the game I'm always going to go back to because I'm having a lot of fun with it and just riding around and doing stuff. And I'm, I am living the life of a mercenary. The one thing I don't know about this game, and probably maybe when the story happens, I'll, I'll know more. But every region in the game is either controlled by the Athenians or the Spartans. And when you go into it, you're a mercenary, so whatever. But you can basically lower or reduce the, the, the hold, say, the Athenians have on that region. 
And then you can do these little wars that will flip – that are events that you go and you just fight a whole bunch of people that will flip then who controls um, that region. I flipped – I had one that started as Athenian. I flipped it to Spartan and then I flipped it back to Athenian. <laughs> I don't know if that does anything. I have no idea like who I, – I barely remember the story of what happened in the f- first 15 hours. I remember a few rough things and I think the story parts that I've done so far have helped me kind of fill in what's going on. But it's very gray as to you can pick either side, I guess, if you want to. I don't remember who I had picked that I was kind of helping when I started. So I don't know if I stuck the same. I'm just kind of <laughs> living the mercenary life and whoever paid me to do stuff, I'm doing stuff. But yeah, really enjoying Assassin's Creed Odyssey, having a ton of fun with it. Uh, we'll looking forward to continuing to play it. Um, and then the final thing I've just been playing that I'll talk about briefly is because I know I talk about it pretty regularly, but they did make some significant changes to Overwatch. They finally came out with uh, the 222 Roll Lock, which, if you're not familiar with the game, uh, there's basically three class types there is support, tank, and DPS. And back in the olden days, well, the most recent olden days, not for all of history, but recently in Overwatch, when you were playing competitive or you were playing the mode, you could have as many as of each role as you wanted on a team, but you could only have one of each character. So you couldn't have multiple maze, but you could have all DPS characters as your group of six. That doesn't typically work out very well when it's a team-based game. Having a good team comp is important. So in order to help it, you know, encourage good team comps, and from what Blizzard says, what they always intended or how they always envisioned the game being played is with two tanks, two supports, and two DPS. So they have now... Ins- they're now beta testing that um, through the end of the month and starting September 1st, it'll go into quick play and competitive. The 222 lock will happen. Um, so I've been playing that quite a bit just to kind of see how it has changed the meta. Um, and it has changed it quite a bit. It has made my games at first way worse because you clearly had people playing roles they had never played before. Yeah. Had no idea. And they were doing it was, and right now the beta is only in competitive. But if you figure you have, and I, I never can explain this well, but if you have a thousand people playing DPS heroes and 100 people playing tanks, your top 10% of your tank players are probably not going to be as good as your top 10% of DPS players. It's not necessarily going to be equal across the board. So you have people in less desirable roles playing at higher levels than maybe the actual skill level of the people they're playing at. So like a gold tank is not necessarily as good as a gold DPS or a diamond tank is not necessarily as good as a diamond DPS. So you're really seeing some, some disparity happen now of um, the roles and what people are doing and folks just understanding and, and changing and learning to adjust to these new roles. Um, Blizzard said that they had been tracking rolled um, skill for the last year. So that when you move into these role queues, it's not going to just take whatever your best one is if you pl- that you played all the time. And that's what you'll be in everything. So you do have to do placement matches. They have been um, tracking it separately. I have a pretty wide skill gap on my on the three th- on the three things. Uh, what I play the most support is definitely my highest placement. What I play the least DPS, definitely my lowest placement. <laughs> and it's funny playing in those DPS games because I it was one of those situations where. I was playing and I'm like, I'm playing horribly. This is not going well. And it's my fault. Like, I know that I am not playing well. This is, this is on me. And I think that was the biggest difference that I have seen is that 
while playing the game is much easier to accurately tell, oh, this is on me or this is on XYZ. It seems like now after a few weeks of this test out and people kind of getting things shaken out a little bit, um, that things seem to be getting quite a bit better and the games are quite a bit more competitive. Um, definitely had some of my most exciting and most um, engaging competitive matches in quite some time recently. So really happy with the changes. Hopefully, you know, obviously they'll still do some tweaking as we get to the official launch in early September, but Overwatch Doing some big things to stay relevant, and I think overall some good things to stay relevant. So, all nice. right. So, we'll move on to our topic of the show. And, you know, no matter how many games we play, we can't play everything. It just isn't th- possible. And whether it be a timing situation, a money situation, or any number of other things, some games just pass us by in the night. Never, ever to be played. And that doesn't mean we don't want to play them. They're just leaving a large game-sized hole in our heart. So tonight, we're going to talk about some of those games and give them the recognition that they deserve. Now, I want to give an important disclaimer here. We're not talking about gaming blind spots, okay? For example, I've never played an actual Pokemon game out of Pokemon outside of Pokemon Go. It's the only Pokemon game I've ever played. That is clearly a gaming blind spot for me, but if I had no interest in playing Pokemon... I wouldn't list that game when I'm talking about it. So these are things that I truly want to play or Josh truly wants to play that we just have not had that opportunity to. Um, It might be a game, might be a series. Um, So we'll kind of go from there. We haven't shared, as usual with us, we have not shared our list ahead of time. So we're just going to kind of go. This could be board games. This could be video games. This could be kind of any game. With that, Josh, what is your, what is your, gaming one of your gaming missed connections so for me a list i have some of the games i have um played some of the games in the series but that's only because i have this thing where i put my hand in everything for a minute mm-hmm. and and that's not like it's not really a great way to play games like i'll, I'll give a game 30 minutes, five minutes sometimes. Right, right, right. It really depends. Um, so I, I probably, I might have, I definitely included some game series that I wish I gave more time. Uh, and I think, I think that's fair because if you know, you read the misconnections on Craigslist, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't mean you didn't talk to the person. Maybe you had a brief chat with them, yep. but then you went your separate way. <clears throat> so you could still have interacted in some way with it. That's totally sure. legit. Sure, sure. Well, this first game is not one of those. Um, <laughs> the first game, um, or I guess it's considered a series. I don't even really know. Um, it's a game that I didn't get into because I thought I was too old for it at the time. Um, and that's Minecraft. Uh, it's a game series or game that I, I've always kind of been interested in and intrigued about. And at the time that I was interested in it, it just seemed like it was what the kids play. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like maybe what people feel about Fortnite now, right? Um, but now I see it's like hitting its like second or fourth or fifth stride, <laughs> and um, some of the channels I watch on YouTube, uh, like Smosh Gaming, they start playing it again, and they're very good at it. And you can do lots of things. It just seems like a game that I would have really enjoyed, considering like I like No Man's Sky, like it feels like it has a lot of similarities um to that like gameplay style where you're you can literally build and construct and explore things 
Um, so yeah, I'm really bummed I missed I missed out on that. It doesn't necessarily mean that I would have got into it like some of these crazy people have. They like put hours and hours and years in, into these like cities that they build, but mm-hmm. um, it just seems like such a great concept. And you know, your in most cases, your imagination is your limit uh, in that. Uh, aspect of the game where people can build from farms to space stations. It seems really cool. So Minecraft actually was one of the very few games I've ever actually played on PC way back when it was, I mean, is it technically out? It's out, right? It's like a thing. It's not in beta anymore. I feel like that game was in beta forever. Yeah. It's not in beta anymore. (laughs) That tells you how, but I played it probably in 2000, shoot, nine, 10, something like that. Uh, my I was a hall director at the time, and a whole bunch of my RAs were really into Minecraft. So they convinced me to start playing with them. So I started playing Minecraft, and then I played it on 360 a little bit. And I actually – we might own it on PS4. I can't remember. I think we do. <laughs> but I definitely own it on Vita. And Vita is the place I played the most Minecraft. Wow. I played so much Minecraft on Vita. It was ridiculous and so much fun. So Minecraft's a great game. It really is. I never want – like. I kind of fell off because I'd start getting to the point of all getting to the really more advanced part of the game, which you don't obviously have to participate in with switches and all that good stuff. But that's kind of where I'd always get to. I'd build this really cool thing and then it's like, okay, time to take the next step. And then I just didn't want to take the next step. So it's great though. You should definitely play it. It is a lot of fun. I encourage the Minecraft playing. Okay. So we'll see. Um, so the first game I'm going to talk about, actually, this is one of those games that would be, I, I talked to for a very brief amount of time, but I, so I've played this game one time for about 30 minutes and another time for probably about an hour or so, but that's it. And for some games, an hour and a half would be a long time, but keep in mind that I started from the beginning for 30 minutes and then started from the beginning again for 30 minutes. Um, and that game. I'm going to pick one game, but it could be any. But that game is Skyrim. Okay. That's on my I, list. So I played very, very little Skyrim. But actually, that can be extended to the entire Elder Scrolls series. That's my – that is, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm really? taking that okay. off my list because, I, I, yeah, I've dipped my hat in, like, um, the old ones. The OG, like, Xbox 360 ones. Mm-hmm, like Oblivion and yeah. all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, I just – I. It's interesting, too, because when these games were getting popular, I used to be, when I was younger, I was a really big fan of RPGs, and I played a ton of them. But for whatever reason, as I've gotten older, it's been harder and harder for me to stay really engaged and into the RPG world. And I don't know why that is. I still play them on occasion, and there's still some of them that I really enjoy. But for whatever reason, I could just never get into them outside of... Really, the last one was the Mass Effect series. Like, that was the last RPG series that I really anticipated what was going to be next. And then Andromeda happened. But, yeah, I just, I always wanted to, like, Skyrim or play a lot of Skyrim because it seemed cool. Um, I remember, again, having an RA when I was a hall director who had it on his PC and it was his PC back then was a top notch PC <laughs> and he'd have me come look and he'd just be like, listen to the music and look at this world. I was like, yeah, it looks really awesome. It looks very cool. And I always wanted to get into it. And I just, I don't know if I just didn't give it the time or I was too busy with other things, but 
I've just never really been into those Bethesda games. I've always been into more Bethesda published games, but not a lot of Bethesda made games. So that that's my thoughts on uh, on Skyrim and the Elder Scrolls series as a whole. But it sounds like you haven't really played them either, eh? Played a little bit of all of them, <laughs> <laughs> but never all of one of them. Gotcha. All right. Well, what is next on your list then, sir? So my next thing is is something that I've played a lot of, um, but it's a whole genre. Okay. And it's MMOs. Um, oh, interesting. And, and unless you consider Destiny 2 an MMO, which I kind of, sort of, maybe do, I have played so many MMOs. I've played, but I've never found one or never put the time in to a single one. Like I played Star Wars Galaxies, I played Knights of the Old Republic, I played Final Fantasy, I played World of Warcraft, I played EverQuest, I played City of Heroes, I played Guild Wars, I played Guild Wars 2. Uh, you name it, I probably tried it. And I think City of Heroes is probably the game I put the most amount of time into. Um, but I could never... I never committed to one of those games um, to ever feel comfortable saying that I've played an MMO. Like, if we had a conversation, uh, if we've never met and you're like, what MMOs are you into? I probably would just say I don't play I don't play MMOs because I couldn't bring anything to a conversation constructed like uh, above, like, oh, I play Final Fantasy uh, 13. Oh, oh, well, what did you mean? Blah, blah, blah. But I, I don't remember. I tried it when right. it first came out. Uh, you know, so it's something I, I we always talk about um, in PSVG, how we try to get these game nights together. And mm-hmm. they, they happen, but not very often, at least not as right. much as we talk about them. Like an MMO, that's that one where I really feel like you you constantly have that connection. Like when I played Destiny 1, I had one guy, one friend who I'm not friends with anymore, who I played with every time, every day we played Destiny. Even if it was just to do like the daily like strike. But every day I had someone I talked to, we caught up on life, we played, and then that was it. But that was like, that's what I feel like I missed with an MMO. Like I really wanted that part of that. Yeah. The only thing I've ever had close to that is way back on 360 playing Fantasy Star Universe. Yeah, and I, I I tried that, and I never I did that on the Dreamcast, Fantasy right. Star Online, and I never put any more time into it. Yeah, I had a group of friends that we eventually moved on to Halo and then Call of Duty and all that stuff. But so yeah, so interestingly enough, my first person shooter group that I used to play with back in the day, we started um, playing Fantasy Star Universe. That's what we <laughs> first played together for a lot of hours but that is yeah the only real mmo experience that i have it probably would be really cool though right i think so i mean now i don't have the time like now it's not even an option i tried playing uh knights of the old republic again recently. who needs sleep who needs sleep me yeah all right mmos that's a good one um, I'll kind of continue and talk about a genre then too, since you in a genre, I have a genre on here. Uh, something I've always wanted to do, but never done though. Potentially knock on wood is happening this fall for the first time. We will see. I have never played D and D or a tabletop RPG ever. Okay. 
not even dabbled in it. Um, and that's something I really want to do. I have a strong desire to do. And it doesn't necessarily need to be D&D. That's not the one I'm tied to in any way, shape, or form. It's just I would really love to have that go on an adventure with people and have that group storytelling happen and the improv and just thinking on your feet and really trying to create a character and make it your own and have the freedom to do what you can do in a tabletop RPG that doesn't exist in video games, right? Everything is really still too rigid of, well, you can do whatever you want, but you can't, you know? Tabletop RPGs really give you so much more freedom to explore and create characters in the way you want to, to interact with your friends and have a good time. And ah, it's something that I've really wanted to experience and just have not had that opportunity yet. So I'm hoping I have a lead potentially on a group who's looking at starting a campaign this fall that's local that I might be able to join. So I'm excited about that. But man, I would really love to do a tabletop RPG sometime. Nice. Very cool. Well, oh, what do I choose? Well, you know what? I'll pick. I'll pick. So I have another series. Most of mine are series because I just kind of skip whole series of games. <laughs> it is kind of hard to jump into two or three of a of yeah. a series, right? You know. Yeah. So this is a series in a genre that I'm not very fond of, which is platforming. Um, but I really. Um, I probably could have named two different game series, but I picked one. Um, I really feel like, and I tried to do this on PlayStation, I really feel like I missed something special with Ratchet and Clank and not having played any of those games. Um, because while, just because, like, taking away the platform aspect, I really feel like that sense of humor hits, like, my style. And... Um, I don't know. I, just for whatever reason, that that's just always been a game that I wanted to give more time to. And I still think I will uh, give Ratchet & Clank a better shot than I did the whole 10 minutes I tried it on the, the PlayStation. <laughs> but I, the only reason why I think I stopped was I felt like I was missing something. Because like, they throw you right into the story that I had no idea what it was. Right. So I really felt like, kind of like how you said, like it's hard to jump into a two or a three. This mm-hmm. is like, what, a four? Yeah, oh, gosh. Or a five? <laughs> I, oof. I think there were five, six, five or six on PlayStation okay. 3 alone. So, yeah, it's like jumping way into it. And uh, maybe I'll do some research and like watch some YouTube stuff and try to catch up on the story and then give it another shot. But um, it's one thing for me to play a game for the mechanics and not care about the story. But when it's mm-hmm. a game that I don't care for the game mechanics... I need to care about the story to play it. Right. <laughs> Understandable. So, yeah, so Ratchet and Clank, the series. Yeah. The Ratchet and Clank game on PS4 is still one of my favorite PS4 games. It's really good. I really enjoy it. And I'm really hoping that now that Insomniac is in the stable for PlayStation, and they kind of alluded that it did mean that we will get more Ratchet and Clank in the future because. Oh, that PS4 game is so fun. I like it so much. So much. Um, Yeah. The next game, or this is a series. The next series on my list uh, is interesting that it's on my list because I like games of this genre quite a bit. In general, this is a genre that I play a lot of. And this is one of the games that is so definitive to the genre 
that the genre is named after it. Hmm. And I have never really truly played from start to finish or really in any way that I can remember playing. Like I know I've dabbled, but in any way that I can really remember a Metroid game. So I vaguely remember when I was a kid at a friend's house, I think playing Metroid for maybe 20 minutes or something, but it's never been a series I have ever gone back to. Even when I had Super Nintendo, I didn't play it. Um, it, It just is a series that for whatever reason has eluded me. Now, I enjoy Metroidvanias a lot. I really enjoy that style of game. So the fact that one of the <laughs> one of the games the, that it is named after is a series I really have just missed out on. And it's something that I want to play. It, it is a game series that I definitely want to get involved in and, and experience, especially Super Metroid and games that people talk about potentially being one of the best games of all time. It just is a, a series that I have not given the time to for whatever reason so maybe someday you know there's you know i'm sure at some point there will be a metroid on switch that i can play for 20 minutes (laughs) (laughs) but yeah metroid a series i really would love to um jump back into for well i should say jump back into jump into at some point and um really experience what it is all about are you a big metroid fan you know, I was, and you can play Metroid on the um, Switch Online right now if you want. Oh, because they have through the... They have regular Metroid, and Metroid. they have the um, limit, the special edition ones they did, so like you start the game with like all the gear. Oh, very So cool. they have two different versions of it. <clears throat> um, yeah, I was... Uh, uh, when I used to enjoy platformers, like in the NES days, mm-hmm. um, and obviously l- later into the... The generations I enjoyed them, but um, yeah, Metroid was one of those games I remember just putting hours into because it's very easy to get lost in those games and you're exploring hallways and tunnels that you don't know that you can't get into yet until you get there, and then you try to remember where you can't go yet, so um, back when I was a kid, I enjoyed that. I I don't enjoy that now, (laughs) Um, but when I was a kid, yeah, we, we loved it. Super Metroid was was and i would argue still is an incredible game uh, yeah I'm, i would say i was a big metroid fan i'm still a metroid fan i did not like the metroid prime games right uh, at all but okay i think that's because the controls really turn, were a big turn off for that game for me that's well, my Metroid thoughts. I, maybe I won't start there then. So, <laughs> what, is, what is next on your list, sir? <clears throat> okay, what's next on my list? Oh, you know what I was going to list? So, uh, for, to do a board game, which this is something that I can probably correct very soon. Um, I always wish that I played the Lord of the Rings living card game. Um, or any living card games, like Game of Thrones, the Game of Thrones one, or even like Android Netrunner, those games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really have this like hole for Lord of the Rings in my board game collection. And I'm a, and I, I would consider myself a Lord of the Rings fan. I don't want to say I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan because I would probably get challenged on my knowledge of <laughs> Lord of the Rings. But, um, I enjoy the story. I enjoy the, you know, like the film. So, uh, I keep looking at these, like, like uh, Hunt for the Ring and all mm-hmm. these, and War of the Ring and all these Lord of the Rings games. Um, and that living card game, 
really, because it just seems like there's so much to take from that world that you wouldn't run out of ideas. Right. So I'm really looking forward to the digital version coming out. I, obviously, it's much different than the board game uh, experience, but now mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about having someone to play with constantly, yeah. which is nice. Um, so, yeah, so Lord of the, Lord of the Rings the Living Card Game uh, would be... I didn't really put any board games on my list, but um, that would definitely be one I would put there. Gotcha. Yeah, that is a... Because um, I have the Lord of the Rings Living Card Game, and definitely not all of the expansions or anything like that. Not even close, because uh, my partner's a big Lord of the Rings fan. But my... Man, that game is hard. It is so hard. Yeah. Um... But not in a negative way. It just is something that you really have to think about while you're playing that game. It's not a easy breezy two player. We're going to go ahead and play this game together and take this thing down. It is very challenging. Uh, it's fun, but whew, that is not a game. Ooh, yeah. If, you're, <laughs> if your wife isn't doesn't like Lord of the Rings and is not really interested in, in super hard games, probably not going to be something she's going to want to play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe the digital version is the way to go. Yeah. Um. So my next one, I'm going to do a board game related one. And this is probably not going to be 100% accurate, but I think it's accurate for the most part when it comes to the big games. Um, and this will make sense, I think, when people hear like what I'm going to say. But there are a few small exceptions. But for the most part, um, I have a blind spot. I should, nope, not blind spot, because that's what we're doing. I have a misconnection <laughs> with um, Eric Lang games. Okay. Because I've never played Blood Rage, never played Rising Sun, never played Arcadia Quest, never played Chaos in the Old World. Um, he did do Game of Thrones the card game, so that's why it's kind of hard to be like, oh, or I think he may have helped with that. So I don't know that I can totally say I haven't played any. Yeah. Um, and then I dabbled very briefly in Dice Masters, but never played Star Wars, never played XCOM, uh, didn't do the others, Couriers, none of that stuff. Couriers uh, is so I- good. You know, like none of that stuff that I do, uh, the Bloodborne card game, um, Arcane Academy. I mean, the list goes on and on of all the games he has and all the games he's been involved in. I just have really never played the vast majority of them. But the thing that gets me about it is I want to. They're games I really want to play. They're games I really want to own. They seem like games that would be up my alley because they ooze theme. They have mechanics and interaction like they're really seem like games that i would love to play and i just have never really done it so that is something i really would like to fix um and hope to fix more soon uh but yeah just in general eric lane games just not something i've played a lot of that i my heart feels sad about that is for sure my heart feels sad i hear you i feel like you're a big fan of eric lane lane games though in, you know, I'm a big fan of the idea of Eric Lane games, okay. uh, but I have I have only played a very, very, very small amount of his games. I have mm-hmm. more than I've played, which is common for every board game I have. Yeah. Uh, but I was such a huge fan of ac- accidentally discovering Quarriers, and we played that game to death. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely love that game. And Dice Masters was good, but it never... It never got quarriers for me. It never captured basically what it was born from. Right. Uh, you know, and I, I look at my quarriers get sets, all, and I'm like, I should play these again because they're just it's like if you ever can find them at like a thrift store or somewhere where someone like let their sets go, like 
buy those things up because they're awesome games. My next thing I'm going to talk about is going to be something that you should look at thrift stores for as well. But I'll let you go first. Is it? You're going to say Pictionary or CNET? I am not. <laughs> is there a lot of those at thrift stores? <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. I played a lot of CNET back in the day, a lot of CNET. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's pretty much exclusively old trivial pursuits, Pictionaries, <laughs> or CNETs. Uh, uh, so my next series uh, is a game that I didn't play because I thought it would be too much like Grand Theft Auto, which I did not enjoy for the most part. Uh, I totally slept on all of the Saints Row games. I've never played any of them either. And uh, talking to Kevin Austin about it and other people, it sounds like it's more along the Crackdown lines than the Grand Theft Auto lines. Um, so I really feel like I missed out on that series. Um, and if if it comes back in a new iteration for next-gen consoles, um, or if it's on Game Pass for the last version, um, I'm totally up for checking it out. Um, I feel like it's a game series I would have really enjoyed. I just never... Uh, I was in the Grand Theft Auto burnout phase. Like, everything was... All everyone, all anyone talked about was Grand Theft Auto. I played Grand Theft Auto. I didn't want a people simulator. That's what it ended up becoming, and I didn't want that kind of game, like especially around like San Andreas. Like I have to go to the gym, I have to eat, I have to shave. Like this is not the game I want. Um, so I kind of just avoided Saints Row, um, and I wish I didn't because it seems like it's a bunch of fun, and there's also a board game for it. <laughs> there is. And then it'll probably interest you to know that THU Nordic has confirmed that Volition is working on a new Saints Row. Okay, so maybe that's when I'll give it a shot. But um, yeah, just something I wish I didn't sleep on. Gotcha. So to continue down this board game train here, hmm. this is a board game that I really want to play. I've always really wanted to play. But I'll be honest. I have no idea how the game plays at all, because I've never actually seen someone play this game. Is it Go? It is not Go. <laughs> and I still haven't seen someone play that game either. <laughs> I've seen someone attempt to play that game, but I don't think they had any idea what they were doing. Um, that is Heroescape. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have never actually played Heroescape. I have talked to people who have played Heroescape. I have never seen it in person. I obviously have seen pictures of it and the huge setups with all of the different pieces on the table and creating the maps and the, they have different heights and with the stuff and you can mix all the different characters and then you move them on the grids and I assume they fight some. Seems super cool. Seems like a ton of fun. I always look for it whenever I go to, if I go garage sailing or go to Goodwill or whatever, I always am on the lookout for some hero escape. Have never seen it myself, but would love, love, love to play Heroescape at some point. Did you ever get a chance to play? No, uh, I never did. I've never seen it around. At least if I ever did see it, I didn't know what it was. Like, it's very possible I saw Heroescape in thrift stores before, in the past, before my board game life, and mm -hmm. just didn't know what it was. Uh, that's very possible, but... No, same thing. I've talked to people. I've talked to people who've played it, but I've never talked to anyone about Heroescape. I just know, right. like, I've talked to Tom Vassell, uh, and I, like, I know he's such a big fan of it, but I've never um, really had any conversations around it. And I don't know that I fully grasp the concept of it either, because it looks just crazy. 
Yeah, I agree. It looks pretty ridiculous, and I really want to experience it. And I just, <laughs> just haven't, just haven't. How many more do you have on your list? I'm curious. Two. Awesome. Let's do two more then, sir. Go ahead. What is next for you? A whole nother series of games. Well, they're both series of games. Uh, this is a game that I've only played a little bit of the first. It's also been spinoffs from this series, and that's the Souls games. Mm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I played a little bit of Dark Souls 1 because my neighbor, my, my best friend, was playing it and he wanted me to try it. I think he just wanted to watch me die all the time, but he wanted me to give it a shot, so I did, and, and I was intrigued. Um, this was around the time where people thought it was crazy that other people could be online and interact with your game. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so that was always an interesting part uh, to it as well, and ever since, I've just really wanted to sit down and, and play one of those games, uh, including Bloodborne, including Sekiro. Um, these are all games in that style. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I really just want to play. Like, I watched the price of Dark Souls 3 for months to see if it dropped to a price I felt comfortable, like, getting in on, and I just never pulled the trigger on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's still a game, a game uh, concept, idea, series. We might get that with Star Wars. Who knows what's happening with the Star Wars game. Right. Um, but that's something that uh, has always intrigued me. I feel like the closest I've got to God of War really tested, I think, my resolve in a lot of uh, combat situations okay. uh, more than games have in the past for me. Like mm-hmm. where it's where it's definitely felt hard enough that I wanted to stop, um, but I wanted to keep pressing through. There was definitely some fights in God of War that were like that. Obviously, I know the Souls games challenge that to a greater extent, but I like to give it a shot and see how well I can do with those games. Yeah, the only Souls game I've put a ton of time into is none of the mainline ones. It's just Bloodborne that I played a decent amount of. And I I respect what the games do. And I definitely recognize that when you successfully complete something for the first time, there is that feeling of success and admiration and joy for what you just did. I don't know that at any moment ever I had fun playing Bloodborne. It was a good game, <laughs> but I don't know that I ever was having fun. Sure. Yeah, and, that sounds frustrating to me. <laughs> and, and not every game needs to be fun. I'm not saying things need to be fun to be good. But for me, I did not have a lot of fun playing Bloodborne, but I can recognize that it's a good game. So. Yeah. Uh, next on my list, and this is funny because the next two things I'm going to talk about are both things I've owned that I have either never played or almost never played. <laughs> <laughs> so, the first one, and I own virtually every game in this series, is Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I thought about including that on my list. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts is something I should love. It has Final Fantasy stuff, which I definitely don't play Final Fantasy as much as I used to, but I d- did when I was younger, when I was a kid playing all my RPGs, and Disney. Two things that I love that are mushed up into one thing that should seem like it's a, a great sandwich. Two things put together has got to be better. Um, and I just never got into it when it first came out. It just missed me at that time. It just wasn't something that I played. And I started playing the first one, oh, man, probably about a year ago. And only got a couple hours in because I was going to play it because my partner really wanted me to before Kingdom Hearts 3 came out. 
So, because she's played all of them. So I started it and I didn't get very far into it. I got distracted by other things and I just never got back to it. And I really would like to because I think I would like it. I know there are camera issues and control issues and all that good stuff. But I, I really feel like Kingdom Hearts is something I could really enjoy. And I, I really think that I need to figure out a way to give it the time it probably deserves. So what, sir, is the last one on your list? Okay, well, this last one is a game series that I've played some of, but not nearly uh, as many as I should. Well, okay, it's Pokemon. Uh, I've only played Pokemon Snap, Pokemon mm-hmm. Stadium, so the games the that ones. aren't even <laughs> in like the Pokemon like niche that everyone plays. Like, mm-hmm. like when Pokemon was out on Game Boy Color, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, whatever it came out on, I think it was just Game Boy. It just was a kids' game, and I was a little bit older than that. I didn't, the cartoon was too young for me. I just assumed it was a little kid's game. L- little did I know it was like a legit RPG. I did not know that. I just knew all these kids were playing Pokemon. Blue, red, yellow, whatever. Right. So I never got into it, and I never um, wanted to learn about what it was. I never bothered to, and all these other colors are out, and then like I just never got into that whole thing. And I missed out on that whole series, which I think would have been perfect for me at that age. Like, I was playing Final Fantasy on the PlayStation. Why wasn't I playing Pokemon in bed with my Game Boy? Like, I had a Game Boy. Like, why didn't that happen? And uh, I played a little bit of Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, because I bought it for my wife on the Switch. But I only, I only played it in the the co-op aspect, where you don't really do much. Um, mm-hmm. I did play Pokemon Go for a little bit with my wife. But I never really played a true Pokemon game. So I'm, I might take the leap into Sword and or Shield. Not and. Sword or Shield, I'm not buying two games. <laughs> um, but I might try it and maybe try playing with my wife or try playing on my own just to see um, if it's something that I'll be into. But yeah, I really missed the boat on Pokemon. And, and uh, I really wish I didn't. Understandable. All right. Was that your last one, or do you have one more? That was my last one, but I can, okay. I can no, I have, come up with another one. <laughs> I was like, I have one more, so I just was, I wasn't certain. Okay. Here's my last one. And like I said, this is a game that the most recent edition I own. I know I own. Well, I, I think you own, technically, and then it's also on Game Pass. <laughs> um, and that is Monster Hunter. Oh, uh, yes. We own Monster Hunter on the Xbox One. Yeah. Yes, I have never, ever played a Monster Hunter game. And obviously, you know, I'm a, I'm a Sony person in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and recently, Monster Hunter was uh, much more on Nintendo handhelds. But previous to that, it was on the PSP. And that's where the whole claw came from, for the most part, was people playing Monster Hunter on the PSP. Mm-hmm. And I had a PSP. I loved my PSP. I just never got a Monster Hunter game. So it is something I've always wanted to play. I think it probably was a little too hardcore for me uh, when the f- series first started, if I'm totally honest. But Monster Hunter World sounds like a version that I probably could get into. I have looked at it numerous times as far as starting it, downloading it, whatever. I just haven't done it, but I really want to. A small part of me feels bad about going to kill monsters, to hunt monsters, because <laughs> they're just chilling. They're just living their life, and I'm coming and 
taking their tail or whatever I'm doing. That seems kind of mean. Like so, Some of those monsters eat people that are innocent. I mean, maybe, but that's just Circle of Life, the Wheel of Fortune. I mean, come on. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, <laughs> kind of like, did, have you played Shadow of the Colossus? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I, I feel, feel bad I, for everyone. I, I felt every that. bad for every yes. single one of the Colossi. Every single one. I was like, why am I doing this? This seems bad. Um, so, I, I wonder if that would happen again in Monster Hunter. I feel like it would, but I do want to play Monster Hunter at some point because it seems pretty rad. All right, so that is our list. Josh, we did have a number of listeners who submitted their gaming misconnections. Why don't you take us through them? We did. We did. Uh, let's start with Da Coach Hulk at Coach Hulk on Twitter. Coach Mo, if you know, uh, says, I low key would have wished that I got into any of them, the, sorry, gem collector platform games when I was young. So, Coach might have to educate me, or maybe you can. I don't know this. Uh, is it a genre or a game? Because the first thing I thought of was like Puzzle Quest. Or, no, I think he means like Sonic collecting rings or Mario uh, collecting coins. Uh, oh, like, just in general. Yeah. Okay. I was yeah. like, Gem Collector. Because he didn't start. So familiar? Because Coach Mode didn't start gaming until, I mean, not that long ago. I mean. Well, he's, yeah, yeah he was mad and. Yeah. And then he started playing all these other games, yeah. Yeah, so he, yeah, is a more recent gamer. But yeah, I think I think that is what he's referring to, is the Sonic and Mario of yore. Okay, well, good news, Coach. You have a Switch, and you, I'm sure you have a Switch Online. I'm not kidding. Get into that Switch Online game library. There's so many good classic games. Uh, we literally spent hours playing Adventure Lolo on my vacation when my brother was up there. So uh, there's still some good stuff out there. Or play Rayman Legends. Yeah, Rayman Legends is fantastic. Awesome. Uh, Donnie at uh, at Black Eagles. I don't know what that is a reference to. <laughs> uh, at Play Nintendo on Twitter. Donnie says, I never played XCOM. No real reason why. I know what it is. I really like strategy tactics games. But I have never been hooked by a trailer or an experience to jump in and give it a try. Everyone tells me I'd enjoy it all the time. Well, I would say, Donnie, I would agree with those people. Uh, I believe you were a fan of Mario vs. Rabbids Kingdom Battle, and if you were, that is XCOM with a different skin. Uh, except XCOM has aliens and uh, cool police-type <laughs> units you control. Uh, um. XCOM is a fun game. Yeah, and uh, Black Eagles is one of the houses in Fire Emblem, the most recent Fire Emblem. So he clearly <laughs> went Black Eagles for his Fire Emblem Three Houses playthrough. Okay, that's actually a game. I, uh, Fire Emblem is a game I would put on my list. Oops. It was it was actually on my list, but we didn't. But since oh. we stopped, I didn't talk about okay. it. But it was on my list at the, a little bit lower. So I did play a Fire Emblem on the 3DS yeah, or DS. I don't know. One of those two. Yeah. I, the reason I didn't bring it up and the reason – it's awesome that I like, like XCOM. I've never been a tactics person, which is why I didn't mm. say Fire Emblem for certain on my list because I want to like it. But just from a gameplay perspective, I don't know that I would. I Did just you ever know play Vagrant kind of, Story? I haven't played Vagrant oh, okay. Story. That was like a good blending of tactics but didn't really make you feel like you were playing a tactics game. Right. And it's weird because since I like board games so much, it seems like I should like tactics games. Yeah. 
But I, I, I don't know what it is. I'm just not. I think maybe if I was playing a board game, I'd want that. But when I'm playing a video game, I think in general, I want something different. But I like, I don't mind turn-based RPGs. So I don't know. I, I don't know. It's weird. It's odd. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. I even like some board games that literally have the tactics thing where they have the link. Like, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> oh, well, I guess the Metal Gear board game will be the true test of your tactics in board it games. It will. It will. It seems. Uh, we have two from Splake uh, at Dopalicious on Twitter. He comments uh, on Donnie. XCOM yep. is a great one. Ditto. For me, it was Catherine. Really, what, uh, it was Catherine really was intrigued by a game with a totally different type of story than most out there. But there's still hope, he says at the end, and that's true. You can still play Catherine. That seemed like a weird game to me. I never played it. Catherine Full Body comes out in September. There you go. There is Remaster. Still hope. Remaster, and I'm considering getting it. We'll see what happens. Did I, you play I, the first one? I did not, but I always wanted to, but I never got around to it. So okay, it seems like a game Persona fans would play, and I'm a Persona fan. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Spike comes back at us with uh, Do Seinfeld, Harry Potter, or Friends count as franchises? Well, they are. Harry Potter is a literal franchise. I don't know that Seinfeld or Friends count as a franchise. I mean, yeah, right. I get maybe I don't know. Harry Potter is literally a franchise, though. There's rumors of a Friends movie, isn't no, there? No, that's never going to happen. There's always rumors of a Friends movie, so. but they've all individually come out and said it will never happen. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we can count them. Forrest Blake. It shocks me that he hasn't seen Seinfeld, Harry Potter, or Friends, though. <laughs> that's true. Have you seen all three of all of those, or yeah. all of all three of those? I think at some point it. Splake is going out of his way to not see franchises because well, those ones are hard to miss. <laughs> I mean, I have seen some episodes of Seinfeld. I have seen some episodes of Friends, but not all of either of them. Well, okay. Well, I have seen – I probably have seen all of Seinfeld because um, I watched them with my folks when I was a kid. Okay. I have seen all of Friends episodes more than five times each. Oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> Are you one of those people who says Friends is better than Seinfeld? Oh, Friends is way better than Seinfeld. Oh, no. But I don't know that that... No, I, don't know what you, I don't know what you may have just Let done for our podcast. Disclaimer, that is my biased and blatant review of Friends. <laughs> uh, it is... Yeah, it is way better than Seinfeld. A show about nothing or a show about something. <laughs> uh, I, I enjoy Seinfeld sometimes. I, Seinfeld has a lot of misses for me. There's some good ones. Mm -hmm. I can say I, I think I like every episode of Friends. Um, all right. But that's a me. That's a me thing. And yeah, and I've seen all the Harry Potters. Yeah. Who, who hasn't? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Apparently, Splig is not. Uh -huh. And then we have a pair uh, from Paul Calico at pcalico84 on Twitter. Comes in hot with Uncharted. I didn't play any of those games until 4 came out, so he did play one of them. Oh, wait, no. He still didn't play it. And then I was like, why did I sleep on these? I can't tell. Did he play 4? I think he played 4, yeah. Okay. Uh, I can't think of anything else. Guess he has no regrets, I guess. <laughs> Uh, he did come back correcting regrets to regrets, but I read things as they are written. If I'm not the Ron Burgundy of this podcast, I don't know who I am. <laughs> That's a big one, Uncharted. I love Uncharted. I think everyone knows how much I love Uncharted. 
This all this all this tweet did was make me want to replay the Uncharted series. <laughs> I really enjoyed the Uncharted. Um, it really makes you feel like part of the story. Yes, and I really enjoy it. It was like the perfect blend of story and and interactive gameplay. I think it mm-hmm. it really, uh, yeah, Uncharted series is so good. Yeah, I love it. And I know that if you join our Discord, there's many debates among people who say that Uncharted is overrated and that the action is not that good or the controls are not that good. And that's fine. I'm not saying it's the best controlling third-person action game ever, but my goodness, do I, I care about the characters so much. And that's the thing that drives me through and pulls me through every game. So Every game is overrated Yeah, that's to true. somebody. So That is very true. It is what it is. Uh, I think he means Shantae, but he wrote Shanta. I hear all good things about those games and never picked them up. And I'm going to go ahead and assume that Shantae, the half-pint genie or whatever she's called, (laughs) uh, I believe that it was on Game Pass at one point, and I did try my hand at Shantae until I got to a point where... I couldn't progress because I missed something that was preventing me from continuing my mission, and then I got frustrated and shut it off. I know Caroline is a big Shantae fan. Uh, I believe Donnie is also a fan. Uh, and Kevin, how about you? Um, I the, Kevin? I think Kevin likes Shantae now. Oh, I thought you said, I thought you were calling me Kevin. I was like, hey, Kevin, how about you? I thought you were your uh, no, no, sorry. No, no, this makes sense. <laughs> I do think Kevin is a fan of Shantae, yeah. The only Shantae I've played is um, Shantae Half-Genie Hero on Vita, which I liked. I had a lot of fun okay. with it. I thought it was a great game. Um, I've wanted to play more of them, but I think that is the only one that I have played. So Fair enough. That's all our contributions, which we appreciate, and it was more than normal. So thank you all for tweeting at us yeah we definitely appreciate it real quick question Hmm. you said while answering those that every game is overrated to somebody yes as a podcast are we on the same page about what the overrated game is for our podcast for our podcast like if there's one game that we'd agree on as being overrated are we on the same page as to what that game is oh boy um yeah, I think I think we are too. Known, we, 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 we don't need to talk about it. I think we're known think, for it. Yeah, I think okay. Just making sure. All right. Well, that is our show <laughs> this week, everyone. Josh, episode ninety-eight. We're almost to one hundred. Oh man, can you believe it? One hundred. I can't episodes. believe it. One hundred episodes. Fun to end it at one hundred. Wait, is that what we're doing? <laughs> we're not releasing that to the public yet. <laughs> All right, but hey, only a couple episodes up, so 100, so thanks for coming on the ride with us, everyone. We do truly appreciate it. Um, We obviously are a gaming podcast, but we like to leave every podcast with a little recommendation, suggestion, or thing that we're currently into that is helping us live a well-rounded life. Josh, what is your recommendation for your listeners this week? Well, Kyle, I tossed and turned about putting this on the list, and... You asked how I have been up top, and my state of mind wasn't awesome, and I was like, I'm going to watch this, because I have so many fond memories of this person. And it showed up every time I opened Hulu, this was on my front page, and I was like, I'm going to sit down one night, I'm just going to watch it. You know, it's going to put me in a better mood. Uh, You know, so I watched 
the amazing Jonathan documentary. And if if you're a child of the 80s and 90s like I am, you probably know who Amazing Jonathan is. He was this crazy adults-only magician that my parents would occasionally let me watch. Mm-hmm. Who did, uh, I would say, gory, sometimes violent acts that well, yeah. at least you would think they were. Uh, and blood, which was blood, a big deal. drugs. You'd make fun of person who comes up on stage, people in the mm-hmm. audience. He was very funny. I really enjoyed his act. And then I saw this documentary. I'm like, I haven't heard about him for the longest time. So I'll, I'll check this thing out. And you know, my bad mood didn't improve. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I felt I felt better about my life after this was over. But I, I guess that's good. I didn't necessarily feel better as a person in life uh, while watching this or after I watched it. And my wife came in like three quarters of the way through in the night to just re-explain everything to her that had happened and (laughs) what was happening um, without spoiling this documentary, if you can call it that. Uh, Feel free to contribute because you you put this as yours as well. This is Uh, mine as well, yes. This is my recommendation. I didn't know that I wanted to recommend it. I think it's important if you knew who the amazing, Amazing Jonathan was, I do still think you should watch this. I don't think it's necessarily a waste of your time. I think it provides a lot of insight into who the amazing Jonathan is, mm-hmm. who he was. It will make you think about him differently. It'll make you think about who he is now, what he what he is now. It might challenge your definition of a documentary, at least yeah. of the subject of a documentary, because yes. I would argue this documentary is not about the amazing Jonathan at all. <laughs> correct. That is correct. <laughs> um, so that was pretty interesting. Uh, I don't know that I like the subject of the documentary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know I'm confusing people listening. Well, don't worry, because I was very confused watching the documentary as well. <laughs> this is uh, a re- it's a really hard documentary to talk about because, and not that documentaries don't have spoilers, but usually documentary is kind of in some ways um, theoretically documenting quote unquote real life. So you typically already know what happened, especially when you're watching a piece about a person. Uh, you tend to have a good idea of who the person is or how their life ended up or whatever it might be. But this documentary, I think, and I can't take credit for this. um, If you're not familiar, dear listener, and you want to listen to a good um, film podcast, I've talked about the Slash Filmcast on the show before. They reviewed this documentary this week, and it is one of the, (laughs) it was one of the best, um, them talking about this movie was like one of the best things I've heard in a long time because one of the hosts on the show absolutely hated this movie, hated it. <laughs> um, so, listen to that. Yeah, so listening to him just go off about about this film, and I think that's the thing though that I like about it is that the opinions on this are extremely divided. There are people who love this documentary and people who really, really do not like it. 
And I think that means that the person, Ben, oh, I forget his last name, the director, um, made something compelling in some way, shape, or form. I, I doubt you will feel indifferent about this documentary after you watch it. And I think that's one of the best things about it is that it is not a traditional documentary. The name, the amazing Jonathan documentary is probably misleading because I think you learn way less about the amazing Jonathan other than a few really sad things than you learn about many other people. Um, I think the quote unquote hero of this documentary is someone who is in it for five minutes, maybe. <laughs> and we can talk about it after the podcast to not spoil it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's provocative. It asks a lot of questions without giving good answers or the answers it does give doesn't make any sense. Um, but I really do recommend it, especially if you enjoy documentary as a medium, like I do, I think you have to watch this movie. Um, because it, yeah, it does some really interesting things. So. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you. Challenges what you know about documentaries. Um, I guess we can we could probably for people who are confused, we could probably give the premise, which I probably should have let off with. And the premise of this is, um, the amazing Jonathan is given a year to live. Yep. From his doctor for a heart Correct. condition he has, and this documentary starts three years after that prognosis. I think it might even be three years after the year. After the year. Okay. And that's yeah, not very clear in the documentary. So yeah. that gives you some idea of right. <laughs> how the documentary is. Um, so it's picking up uh, with the amazing Jonathan after, uh, yeah, we'll say three years after he was expecting to not be alive anymore, supposedly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh yeah, be in a good mood when you watch this movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, I I really did enjoy it, but not yeah. Anyway, just watch it. We'd love to hear your thoughts about it, dear listener. Josh, we've rambled on long enough. What do you say we wrap this show up? Let's do it. Thank you for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five five star rating over there. Oof, and take a breath between that one. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form, or you're not feeling social media, feel free to email us at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag boardwithfiji. So please use that hashtag as well in all your social medias. We hope to see what you're playing, or you're doing, or whatever. Speaking of whatever, whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone Board with Video Games feed. You can find me on PlayStation Network and Xbox Live at Why So Serious. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Kyle, where can they find you? <laughs> so you can find me at all the usual places. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek. All at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As we mentioned last week, the tentative plan is Josh and I are going to play some Man of Medan over Labor Day weekend. Uh, streaming on Mixer. That's what we're doing. <laughs> I was trying to think for a second there. Uh, streaming on Mixer, because if it's good enough for Ninja, it's good enough for us. Right? Is that the motto? Is that you the know, motto we're going with? I'm pretty sure that I walked into Target and saw a whole aisle of Ninja toys. So, yeah. His I mean, book is out. His first book is out. So <laughs> Yeah. If, if Mixer's good enough... 
I mean, we can't go over to Twitch now after what they did, right. so we, we have to stream on Mixer. <laughs> That'd be silly. So yeah, look for some more solid dates and times as we get closer. But again, Man of Medan, Labor Day weekend, we'll be doing that a bit. Um, and as I mentioned at the top of the show, Metafall is going on now. So go to bit.ly slash Metafall, B-I-T dot L-Y slash M-E-T-A-F-A-L-L, and give us your Metacritic score predictions for the 10 games listed, and hopefully you can win some awesome prizes. Those are due by the end of the month, so make sure you get on that. As always, if you have any suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media, because we would love to talk about whatever you want to hear about. And remember everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop being.